Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here's another guy the Rangers need to get going, Mitch Garver. First pitch from Ward. Swinging a high fly ball to center field. Duran is back. He's on the track. He turns, looks, that ball out of here. Just beyond the high wall in straightaway center field. Mitch Garver gives the Rangers a lead. A three-run shot in Texas is ahead 3-1. to one. Garver. Grossman and Dane Dunning. That's what yesterday was all about in the Game 1 win in Boston. But the lead is shrinking in the West. Now up three games on the Astros. Let's talk about it with Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast, an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in baseball and all-around sports every week, every other Wednesday with Sean and RJ on the home of the Rangers. Happy 4th, man. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Can you watch the hot dog contest? I did not watch. I, you know, July Fourth every year. I live, I, I live here in San Diego by the beach, but I'm not a beach guy. If that makes sense, it doesn't. But one <laughs> one day a year, one day a year, I, I give it up and I, I, I kind of commit. I'll be down at the beach all day and to the parties and and the uh, fireworks. So yesterday, from from the morning until about eleven at night, I was out of action. So I did not see the hot dog eating contest. Yeah, but like in general, can you watch it? Like, can you can you take watching yeah. the wet, soggy buns, or what is the Brett uh, Boone? You know, there's nothing for me. There's yeah. nothing for me. That's yeah, you, you know, that's yeah. I, no, not a fan. If I told you before the season the Texas Rangers would have six All Stars and basically dominate the AL infield, you would have said what? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's not going to happen. I, I definitely looking for an improvement this year, but not to be uh, this big of an improvement. So, especially for people in Texas, it's got to be a pleasant surprise that they're not only they're exceeding expectations. Everybody expected for an improved Rangers. Bruce Bochy to hire in the off season, uh, brought in a few new uh, new names, 
and you expected them to be better. And, and if I told you you're going to do all this, and by the way, Jacob DeGrom is going to be out for the year, then you'd say definitely not. You'd probably be back to status quo, but they've exceeded expectations. This is a good team, you know, and I was thinking about it. When DeGrom went down, you know, I think we talked about a month ago, I said, who knows what they're going to do, you know, coming to the trading deadline. Are they going to booster that bullpen? Because I think you've got some some pleasant surprises. I, I, I've watched Evaldi for years in Boston. I've, he's always had elite stuff, and he, now he's pitching like that Cy Young. Cy Young guy, Gray's done a great job. Perez Dunning, you mentioned in the opening, doing a great job. Um, so I, I think it, we all know about their offense. It's dominant. It's been dominant, arguably the best offense in the game. Maybe you get an argument from the Atlanta Braves fans that, that, that they can match them on the offensive side. But I'm just – I really – I watch this team. This is a good team. He just brought Chapman over uh, to bolster that bullpen. Who knows? If, if Texas is in that mode, we'll see if they make some more moves at the break. How much and, better – I'm sorry, at the, at the deadline. How much better do you think Aroldis Chapman can make them? Well, he's, he's kind of righted the ship from a year ago. It had a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, – call it controversy surrounding him, how he left New York and, and when he was left off the roster, he wasn't getting his, you know, he couldn't get his mechanics right and they were going to leave him off the roster and he says, well, then I won't come. You know, kind of, he left on kind of some bad terms. You were real, I was really interested because of the offseason. They said, oh, he's going to sign with Kansas City and he's going to be a trade, trade piece later. Well, I didn't buy into the fact that he'd just go to Kansas City and automatically have success, but that's what he did. He's sitting with a 2-3 ERA. I think that makes them definitely uh, that weapon, and and he's got a track record. You know, this guy's this guy's got a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good track record on what he's done in the game of baseball at this point. So I don't think they they can be any worse for it. I think it's definitely a positive piece. Brett Boone here on one hundred five through the fan. What can you tell us? Realize the relationship, trying to respect it, but Chapman was there with your brother with that New York fallout. Uh, and I didn't know which way you were going with the history. You were like, he's got a very, and time froze. I didn't know which way you're going because you could go either way. What what should we know about him in the clubhouse? About what type of guy, what type of dude, Aroldis Chapman is? Well, I'll tell you, I've never met him personally. And when it comes to Aaron, I really stay out of his business. You know, we have a very respectful relationship. We talk the game quite a bit. Uh, but when it comes to his players, even with me, and I, and I tease him about it time to time, we'll be on a phone call talking about off-season plans and going on a family trip. And I'll say, yeah, what's up with Chapman? And, and I'm telling you, he, he throws the guard up like he does when he argues with umpires. It, it's like he protects his players. And I have to remind him sometimes, I said, Aaron, you know, it's me talking. You know, there's nobody here that you got to protect anybody from. I'm not going to go, right. go, go tell people what's going on, but he's really protective. And, and because he is that way, I kind of respect that, and I don't, I don't dig on on, yeah. the, on the on certain topics. I'll tell you, when it comes to my my assumption, my analysis of the Chapman situation, I ta- I just take it from an ex-veteran baseball player and and guys I've dealt with through the years, teammates I've had, great teammates, you know, teammates that weren't so great, and I just look how all that went down as a teammate. If I'm sitting in that Yankee clubhouse. Now, your mechanics are messed up. You're, yeah, you're a Raldis Chapman. You've been this heralded closer for years. You know, you're, you, whatever you call yourself, you throw 100 miles an hour. That's great. But when your mechanics go south, you're not getting the job done. When you get to that postseason and you're left off the roster, 
this is not time for egos to be hurt and, oh, woe is me, so I just won't show up to, to the meetings. You know, that's as a player, I'm looking at you like, are you serious, man? You know, as an organization, we paid you tens and tens of millions of dollars, and right now we're trying to, as a team, this isn't about you. This is about us trying to, to go far in the postseason. And for him to behave that way, I've had teammates like that, and it kind of doesn't sit well with the with the nucleus of a team. So that's just an outsider looking in. I have no inside knowledge of what really truly went down. I think that was probably a reflection point for a player. When something like that happens, you get a lot of bad press. Other other teammates are looking at you with that look, and we all know that look. I think he's had some time this offseason to kind of soul search a little bit. All of a sudden, you find yourself on the Kansas City Royals. You were just in New York, heralded, you know, one of the greatest closures of all time. And now you've kind of got to prove yourself again to the baseball world that you are that Aroldis Chapman. I think he did that. I think it's a humbling time and a, and a come-to-Jesus moment for a lot of us as players. He's done what he needed to do. He got the trade to a contender, the Texas Rangers. I think Bruce Bochy is the perfect, perfect guy in that position to handle somebody with a track record like Rawls, but I don't think he's going to be a problem at all. I think he's going to be happy to be there, happy for another chance to go to the postseason. Odyssey Baseball Insider Brett Boone joining us here, 105 through the fan. Obviously, if it's your first or second All-Star game, you're stoked. You know, is this a situation where if you've been there five, six times, you kind of would rather the four days off, or do you really love going to the game still? I, I, you know, I've never been able to wrap my head around the guys that kind of took the All-Star game for granted. You know, the All-Star game, especially in my day, it was it was tough. And you had to really perform, you know, unless you got into that group where you kind of got automatically selected by the fans. Um, for, for the rest of us normal guys, I mean, it was a huge honor, especially when not necessarily you were picked by the fans, but you were picked by, by the manager of the, of the All-Star team. To me, I took that to heart like, wow, that's awesome. I remember making my first All-Star team. I was a kid in a candy shop. You know, I've grown up around the game, and everybody thinks it's not a big deal for me. It was a huge deal as a player. I got to go to three. I treasured every single one of them. I got to do a couple home run derbies, and it blew my mind that the guys that had five, six, seven All-Star games kind of – poo-pooed it a little bit. I was kind of like, are you kidding me? You know, we have a, sh- a very short window in our career, and I would treasure each and every one, whether I was a three-time All-Star or a ten-time. Man, that tenth time, I'd be just as pumped as I was that first time. I-, I don't take anything for granted, especially when you get out of the game and looking back at your career and your life. You know, I wish I would have treasured things even more, but I, but I always appreciated – all-star picks, gold gloves, uh, those are honors that they, they can't take away from you, and they're really hard to attain. So I, I've always been flabbergasted by the guys that kind of, oh, the All-Star game, no big deal. Hell no, I don't want the four days off. I want to be going to the All-Star game and, and being able to tell my kids one day and my grandkids one day how cool it was at that All-Star game in you know 2003, whatever it was. So, yeah, I can't get my head around guys that kind of just take it for granted. Brett, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, I, I think there's been a league-wide conversation among fans and analysts about just how much bad luck the Angels have had for so many years now, just having two great players like Otani and Trout. 
They're finally putting it together this year. Now Trout goes on the injured list. will be out for a while, it looks like. You know, Otani leaves the start. Anthony Rendon has to leave the game. Uh, do you think the Angels can stay competitive in this AL West if they're missing Trout for any significant amount of time? Uh, matter of factly, no. <laughs> I, I don't. And, you know, I have a special kind of spot for the Angels because a good buddy of mine, you know, starting in high school, we were high school teammates, Phil Nevin, finally, after years and years of, of putting his time in, got an opportunity to manage the, the LA Angel, the LA Angels, and I think he's doing a great job. So I have a kind of a per- – I keep my eye on the – you know, there's certain teams out there that I have a special eye on, Mariners, obviously the Yankees, and the Angels because Phil's kind of like my second little brother – and I'm really proud of him and what he's doing in Anaheim. It's an exciting team. You know, Rendon, ever since the, the Washington Nationals won the World Series, and he was probably the integral part of that team. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, hasn't been on the field. So I didn't really count on Rendon going into this season. Trout, obviously, huge cog in the wheel. Still, you know, take Otani out of the equation. Still arguably the best player in baseball. You miss a guy like that, that's going to hurt you. And Otani leaves the game yesterday. He's going to be fine. That's a blister. So I'm not worried about Otani. I just think from the get-go, I've been keeping my eye on the Angels. They're definitely improved like the Rangers. Not as good as the Rangers, but definitely better than they were a year ago. I just don't think they have enough pitching anyway at this point. I don't think they can pitch enough to stay in that division. There's going to be two teams at the most that come out of that West. And I think you're looking at them right now at the top of the division. Houston's not going away. They just pitch too much. They got off to a slow start. They've been banged up a little bit. Uh, guys aren't having some big years. Their big guy, Alvarez, has been out for a while. But at the end of the day, Houston just pitches too much, and they're going to be there in the end, whether it's one in the division or in a wild card. So I think it's great for the, for Anaheim or Anaheim. I keep calling them Anaheim. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I do the same LA, thing. You know, yeah, we, we got to be PC here these days. But I think <laughs> they've made strides. You know, I – and my my understanding, and, and this just coming from players and and personnel in the organization, this year was all about getting Otani to resign. You know, that's their main goal, and and it helps if you go to the postseason, and if, it helps if you have a great year, and it helps if he's happy. Uh, but as far as them making a run, I just look at that pitch. I don't see enough. I just don't see enough, and and I don't care if Trout's still there. Yeah, of course, when you're missing Trout, that's huge. But at the same time, you still got to pitch. You know, if you want to go deep into this postseason, especially the way the postseason's set up now, there's so many, there's so many landmines. You know, you got to go to four rounds to win this thing now. So easier, a lot easier to get to the postseason, a lot tougher once you get there. I just don't think the Rangers, when I look at the other players in the American League, uh, the other teams in the American League, it's going to be far fetched and a stretch. For me to sit here and honestly say, I think the Angels have what it takes and then go far in the postseason, if they even can get there. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my my take on them. Thank you so much, man. Take care of that beach tan, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. You got it, guys. Thank you. That was Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original. Make sure to follow the Brett Boone Podcast on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from baseball to baseball. With Derek Holland in studio, we cross talk with KMC next.